Jason Richmond feels like when he's just on WebExes at his house. Because I think he has like a crazy mic. I know. That's what I was wondering. I, c- I couldn't tell if he's always using that mic for his audio mm-hmm. or if it's only for maybe like it's presenting or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like a flex a little bit. Yeah. It's just like I just like to have a really nice setup. It's like, that's yeah. fine. That's a $400 microphone, though. I did it to flex when I was in like online classes and stuff. I definitely threw, like, threw I, it through the interface. I take this like, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I had like, I even, because I had like a, a insert. So I had like, you know, $500 channel strip, like $400 <laughs> mic, like That's a sick. compressor on yeah. it and everything. Yeah. Like, was, I sound really good. I know I do. And no one cares. Yeah. It's getting compressed through the internet anyway. So. <laughs> They're like, yeah, why can't I understand you? Like, I don't know. I have, you know thousand dollars worth of equipment trying to get there yeah you can't, you can't understand this the level of audio <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. their feeble minds just can't even hear that well uh-huh. if you only understood you would know right um That's yeah hilarious. so the way we'll do this man um super Tell fun me. that you're here and we get to do it thanks for reaching out um it's kind of been one it's been one of my favorite parts of doing the podcast is the these conversations yeah but it's also the easiest thing to move off of if we don't have the bandwidth. Oh, yeah. Especially when it was just me having the bandwidth. Right. You made my life so much easier, my friend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, shout out Harrison. No Harrison, the, the, the dude. Not even recording, are we? Uh, we are recording. Okay. I'm always recording. Yeah, man. You, by the way. Just want to make sure you heard that You heard that shout out. But uh, I'm, it's like really important for me to like get back to like the flow of them i think eventually i'd like to have them every single week yeah um but i need to i don't want to say get out of dirt talk more but eventually it would be the only thing i'm doing on dirt talk is showing up at the same time aaron does right and you know obviously like it's just me and him so there's still even if he's doing the majority of the editing still like a lot of project management and you know just like a lot of things and so yeah all the tactical stuff yeah but all that's to say it's I really enjoy these conversations, so I'm happy that you reached out. Yeah, I think they're definitely my favorite to listen to. Like, above anything, I want to hear people, and, like, I want to hear them talk. I want to hear them tell about who they are, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well said. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the BuildWit Internal Podcast Wednesday edition. Wednesday edition? We don't have a name for it. It's like the the conversation with somebody at BuildWit. Anyway, welcome to that thing. I'm Alex Horton. Joined my joined by my friend Garrett Brent. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, thanks for entertaining my request to come on the show. Well, this was this is perfect. You're here, and this is the way. Like this will continue to go. It's like, oh, you're in town. Super awesome. Let's get you on the pod. Right. Um, but we're here today. We're gonna hear Garrett's story. Hear how he got to build it. Hear kind of like what he's doing, what he's working on, and then just talk about whatever we want, man. Awesome. Pretty chill. I love that. So welcome. Our first thing I guess we'll ask is, uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm originally from uh, Wyoming. I was born in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Sure. So, and then I grew up uh, in Afton, which is the westernmost part of Wyoming, practically Idaho. Um, I lived there about six or seven years and moved to southern Utah, St. George, and I've been there 22 years now. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so... Afton, is that more north? Right? It's pretty central western. Yeah, okay. like uh, about an hour south of Jackson Hole. Okay, right on. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law has lived in Jackson for 10 years, something like that. Oh, wow. Nice guy. That's He's incredible. He's got the life, man. That is. Uh, 
and so we've been out there a couple times um and you know so it's like there and driving out to like uh victor right yeah you know, all that right around there right pretty it's pretty place country to live, man yeah it is it is and you know what i really enjoy it going up there to visit and stuff but yeah. i the wind and the snow is just not for me like i'm a desert rat and that's i need to be outside doing my thing and nine years or nine months out of the year you're hunkered down you know that's why i now only choose to go out to jackson in august exactly i'm like this place is the best you're like yeah but you can't drive a car here 75 percent of the year i'm like all right right, well um well that's i mean that's that's beautiful land out there man it is and you you know you kind of lived both sides of that for sure you know because where you live now is more desert right pure desert yeah i think think very much arizona i mean i tell people i live in utah and they Obviously, picture Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, I guess and it's mountains. Arizona. No, it's Arizona. Yeah, like I am ninety minutes from Las Vegas. Oh, so okay, shoot, yeah, Got middle it. of the desert. Yeah, and that's probably honestly a, a good description, you know, because you can always say like, "What's well, Southern Utah?" I'd be like, okay, why? Well, what does that really mean? You're like ninety minutes from Vegas. Got it. I know exactly, exactly. where that is in the world. Yeah, half the time, if it's if I know they're not going to know and don't really care, I just tell them I'm from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just like short Easy. and sweet. Like, oh, got it. I feel like everybody's got a version of that where, you know, like I say I'm from Cincinnati to people who aren't from Ohio. Right. You know, are you from, from Boston? Uh, no, I grew up, where, I grew up like an hour outside of the city. Um, and then I moved to the city, but yeah, I used to just be like, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Boston. Yeah. I feel like that's what right. most people do is they just kind of pick like a big city that most people have heard of. Right. Um, although I will say when you say Vegas and you say Boston, Cincinnati sounds a lot less cool. Uh, but I think everyone's got a version of that, certainly, you know? Um, so you've lived most of your life Southern Utah. Exactly. When did you graduate high school? What year? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Just over 10 years. Okay. Getting old. Getting old, man. Yeah. Shoot. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and so did you go to college? I went to two years, uh, local college okay. there. Dixie State University is like our small town college. Okay. Um, and then I went, uh, two years through the community college of the Air Force too. So I'm sure. But after that, psh, I was done. Got it. Did you go straight into community college out of high school or was there like a, a different time there? I didn't know. So I graduated high school in 2011 and I moved to Salt Lake city actually okay. for a year and I was doing plantation shutters, like just dinking around, spent a lot of time on the slopes, you know, yeah. lived just, just outside of big Cottonwood Canyon. Um, so I spent a little time just, just doing whatever. Tried to go to a semester of college, hated it. Just yeah. wasn't ready to go back to school, you know? So mm-hmm. I just jumped into the workforce. Sure. And so you were working and then how long before you, or what was happening at that point before you like went back to school? Or- yeah. So 2011, year goes by, I'm done doing shutters. I'm just, I want to do something like career wise, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I was dating this girl um throughout my senior year and we were kind of off and on during that year after high school uh we lived in different towns she was still in st george so we kept in touch but after about a year i moved back home and i started talking to her again pretty heavily and we ended up getting married like six months later so here we are uh man almost 10 years it'll be 10 years in december so time flies yeah but um yeah so i started thinking i need a real job you know like what am i going to do i'm I'm, I'm proposing to this girl and i need a real good job you Mm -hmm. know so I always wanted to join the military. That was like one thing that I just had to do, you know, in some capacity. And, you know, my my father served um, in the Air Force as well during okay. the Vietnam War. And so I just knew, I was like, I got to join. So 
we were on the fence. Like, should we go active duty? Should we be a reservist? You know, where our hearts at? And we settled on being um, reservists. And and uh, so I ended up joining the Air Force. Um, went off to Lackland Air Force Base for for a couple months, and then out to Fort Lee, Virginia, for a couple more months for my technical training. Mm-hmm. And came home, and I was like, all right, well now what am I gonna do? You know, I need to find a real job on the civilian side. So mm-hmm. I started doing a lot of things. Um, I did some cabinetry and stuff. I like really liked working with my hands and. I eventually got into, uh, believe it or not, I got into pest control, like actually sure. being a bug man. I think that means such such a different thing nowadays. Like people sell it door to door or something. Um, I definitely was not that. I was literally spraying bugs. You're doing the 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 bug part, right? Yeah. I was a bug man, and I'll tell you this: like to this day, that's probably like one of my favorite jobs I've ever had, <laughs> because I got to go door to door, and like solve a problem for people, and meet new people every single day. New like young, old this, that, or the other, so many backgrounds, so many transplants to the community Mm -hmm. and just meet so many good people. Got some of like the best advice I've ever gotten in my life during that time. You know, they're, they're talking to a 20 year old kid that just got married, you know, he's (laughs) in the service and, you know, so I'd I'd spray a lot of, you know, retirees homes and they'd be like, Hey, here's some good advice, you know, and like some of it stuck with me forever. So such a good job. Eventually I was like, Hey, I, I should probably stop being a bug man, you know? And like, I think, the long-term effects on your health are probably like something to be concerned about maybe a lot of chemicals yeah yeah but like i need a real job you know not that it's not a real job shout out to all the bug men but i was like i i think i want to sit at a desk you know i want to be like try that out more like a businessman you know and i'm like (laughs) the most opposite from Mm -hmm. that not a businessman whatsoever but i started doing insurance Mm -hmm. for a local uh, state farm agency got my property and casualty license um, did some life and health and just like, it was always the people, you know, like I just love talking to people and like selling people insurance and like solving another problem, like even they had a need and I solved it for them. Um, but it's a tough commodity to sell. Yeah. It sucks. You know, it doesn't matter how cool you are and how great your relationship is. Like when the money is just keeps racking up their premiums, they're out of there. Yeah. You know, I'm guilty of that. Nobody's excited to buy insurance. No, no. Yeah, it's we not all understand sexy. it's important, but like, I don't want to spend my money on it. Yeah. It's, there's nothing sexy about insurance. Mm-mm. No. Nope. It's ugly. <laughs> so I did that a little while, um, but then ended up getting into SaaS, getting into software. Yeah. Not really like the software technical side of things. I was doing some sales admin for a startup uh, there in St. George called Printer Logic. And long story short, ended up doing some conference um, management for them. And that's really where like my career kind of went from, you know, like administrative, just kind of salesy stuff to like something really cool. So I started traveling the country doing uh, these big trade shows like at Microsoft and Dell World and all these big tech names. Um, Ended up going over to Spain and Europe and and doing some shows over there. And it was just, it was such a crazy experience seeing all those different Mm -hmm. parts of the country. And it was the same thing. I kept shaking hands with people, meeting people, telling their story, you know, like hearing their story, talking to them, whether it was about the product or not, just building relationships. And that was the best, you know, like two years of my life was just traveling. Yeah. But I had a wife at home, you know, I was on the road like 30 weeks out of the year. I was still, I'm still in the Air Force, you know, so I was still in at that time. So I had that commitment and it was just a lot. So ended up moving on eventually. I um, started doing other sales gigs, you know, account management type stuff. And it's always customer facing. And I love that. That's kind of like my bread and butter, right? Sorry. Okay. Hi. We're, we're interrupting a podcast right now. So no, absolutely not. Sorry, this is sorry, part of it. Howdy. 
we want people to know the live things are happening on the Buildwood office. Yeah. 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 We're right here every day. What do you mean? This is not staged at all. So you were saying you were like traveling all, all over. You I were was. loving that. What kind of stopped that process for you? Like it's just, just your just, wife? Yeah, just being away so much. You know, like I would have a conference one week, go on the road with the Air Force for two weeks, come back, do another event. I'd be gone for like five weeks, you know, and it's just not sustainable, right? Yeah. You know, and it's fun. But I'll tell you this. You've been to, if you've been to Orlando once, you've been to Orlando a hundred times. And the same goes for Vegas, Austin, you yeah. know, these big cities where you go to those conferences. Yeah, they're all in these couple places. Yeah, because yeah. that you have to house a hundred thousand people, you know, so. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like you do it once in the first year is so great. And then you go back the second year and you think you're going to be so excited. And it's the same trade show booth in the same city. And the same, you know, it's a different experience when you're just on the road doing it over and over and over versus the one attendee that gets to do it once a year. Yeah. You know, they're out partying and I'm like, dude, I have a five day poll right now of like 40 hours of shaking people's hands at this trade show. Like it's a different experience for me. Like I, me being here means I'm not doing the other part of my job. Right. And I have to catch up with that somehow. Right. But I'm glad this is your one thing you do every year and have a ball. Exactly. I want it to be so fun for you, but I won't see you out there. Well, I, th I mean, that's how the Con Expo, Expo is going to be. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're going to send a lot of people to that. I'm not going to say who all is going to go, who's all not going to go. It's certainly not up to me. But we're going to have a lot of Build It people at Con Expo. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be tons of people who are going to be like, yeah, let's get the Build It people. The people are going to want to like go out with Build It people. And some of that might happen, but also like, we're working, dog. Right. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. There's objectives. We're here for a reason. Yeah. And we got to justify the amount of spending we just did to get everyone here and exhibit and all that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a big effort. But So how did you move out of like the conferences stuff? What was, what was after that? After that, I went to a company. So I, I started working remote after that, which okay. is like so foreign yeah. in 2018. Like no one worked from their house, right? Um, so you, I just, you I had was, to like work for a big company in sales. I think at that, it exactly. was like the only way to do it. Right. And that's kind of where I landed. I landed, um, with a, a big company out of Seattle that did trade show or not trade show, but well, they did all kinds of like branded material and most promotional products. Mm -hmm. So I basically ended up managing all of their, uh, craft brewery and distillery clients that made like t-shirts, hats, all the gear that you would buy at a craft brewery or distillery yeah. or you know, any of these big places and started doing that and did that for like two years, loved it, met some of the best people. And like that industry is so cool. Jake and Schmidtlein and I were just talking about this morning, you know, he was Anheuser-Busch um, for a little while. Yeah. So the beer business is just so fun. You can imagine like people are so passionate about beer and liquor and they build this brand and when they get to put a logo on it and people are buying it and coming in and getting it their favorite beverage and buying their t-shirt and they see it out in public like that's it for them it's pretty cool it's huge yeah yeah and so to to be a part of that with them was was an incredible time um, i got to travel around a little bit and see different craft breweries and obviously just drink lots of beer and sure i really enjoyed that at the time you know yeah. my waistline definitely didn't but <laughs> you know you live and you learn yeah but yeah, I did that for a little while, um, two years or so, and then I deployed in 2020. Okay. January of 2020, I deployed to Kuwait, uh, like northern Kuwait, right on the border of Iraq and Kuwait. It's a big logistics hub, which is what I do in the Air Force. Yeah. And 
so you can imagine like I flew out there if you remember but around the time like we had just killed General Soleimani like it was just a very tense time yeah, a lot going on we thought we were going to war with Iran like no one knew what was going on so it was just tense and a month later COVID is starting to happen and we start getting like word back home that there's this virus and all this stuff you know the rest is history right mm -hmm. so eight months later I finally get home and they're like hey we don't really have any biz anymore like no one's going out and drinking beer no one's going out and going to these shops yeah. like it totally screwed supply chain right and so no one's really doing promotional products no one's going to events no one's doing that kind of stuff so i was like well crap what am i supposed to do mm -hmm. you know and covid just changed the world right we all know that and it kind of just left me on my couch not having a job like not having anything to do my wife's a school teacher and so luckily she went back to school that year uh, we're pretty fortunate where we live. They went back to school with masks or whatever. And I was just left sitting there. So I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do mm -hmm. now with my life? So put me in like a weird, a weird place. And I ultimately found my way into project management. And that's what, you know, I've been doing the last few years. Um, so after that, I got my PMP, started studying hard for project management. It's like something that I just really enjoyed. I really loved being deployed. And I was like, why did I love that so much? And it was just like taking something from A to Z, you know, taking this little piece of cargo that the army needed somewhere and doing all the process, getting it there and checking that box, mission complete, you know? And that was like so fulfilling. So I was like, I want to keep churning out cool projects and taking things from yeah. A to Z and being part of that kind of ops tempo sort of stuff. And so I did that. I went to work for Black Rifle Coffee Company. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was there about... Just over a year okay. before I came here. And I managed all their marketing uh, initiatives, anything from e-com to retail, and they're ready to drink coffee that you would see, you know, in convenience store and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So did a lot of that. Loved it. And I just wanted something new. Like, I had such an enjoyable time there because it resonated so much with my life, you know, like very military heavy, very like-minded people there. So I enjoyed it. It was a place that I felt you know, really comfortable and really at home. Yeah. And then like I started following Benjamin and Aaron on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, I don't know what this is, you know. <laughs> I'm like, is this even a thing? You're not the first person to ask, what is this? Right. Yeah. It's like, what is really going on over there? Like, is it a business or is it a thing? I actually, I didn't, I didn't know, right? So then fast forward a year later, I was like, I think this is really something, you know? And so... I started following it a little harder, paying closer attention. And ultimately, obviously, here I am, reached out to Benjamin. And I was like, hey, man, like, what are you guys doing over there? How do I get, how do I be a part of it? You know, I think something about Black Rifle and just in, in life in general, everyone wants to be a part of something that really means something. You know, that's why people join the military. Mm -hmm. and some people go for benefits, but they end up getting more out of it, you know, that they didn't expect or they did. So it was hard for me to leave Black Rifle or it was going to be hard until I found Buildwick. So I'm like, this is a mission that is so impactful and so cool. And I thought that maybe at Black Rifle, that was the only place I would find something that I felt so passionate about and mm -hmm. felt like was very meaningful and giving back to people that are really moving the needle in this world. And then I was like, here's Buildwick, you know? Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. So I knew I had to jump on board, you know? So here I am. Well said. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, man. It's I'm glad I'm here super too. Super cool. It's been really fun. It's been such a new experience, right? Mm -hmm. We have we're we're launching a product that doesn't exist yet and we're selling it and we're 
onboarding clients, you know, like waiting for this product to launch. There's so many things that if you just went and just got a regular job with a very established company, you wouldn't experience. And that's the best part, Mm -hmm. you know, like we are challenged every day with things that we haven't been challenged, maybe at our previous career and maybe never will be challenged with again. But here we are and we're living in them now, solving today's problems. And it's we're doing it with like literally the best people, which is like we have all the all the ingredients to like the perfect spot. Good mission, good people, just forward thinkers, mm-hmm. like really solving problems that matter. And that's like, what, what more do you want? Man, I, I, I could really, really relate. And I agree. I think one thing I found myself really looking for as I was like coming into my late 20s was I thought that what I wanted out of work was to love every ingredient of the work. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, I need to be a professional musician because that's the thing that I love the most. And then I did, I did that and was always like, I just don't really love this as much as I thought I would. Well, if I can do it, this way, if I'm, you know, if I'm right, getting to write the songs with the artist, I'm gonna like that more. Yeah, did that. It was, it was. I liked it, but it wasn't like didn't fill me up in the way I thought it would. Kept trying versions of that, and felt like I got to the end of that process. Be like, man, I. The things I like, I'd always kind of put on this pedestal of those things are gonna make me love my work and make me feel really fulfilled. I did not feel that, and as of like matured um just emotionally i've realized it's like the i want what i work on to like matter and i want to know how my role fits into that thing right and so what's been really cool with buildwit is like we're i mean we had this mission from the get-go make the dirt world a better place but that's not that specific right and so kind of as i mean as i've been here for over two years now we are constantly seeing new ways that we can do that, make the world, dirt world a better place. And so it's like, all right, well, I can, you know, I did websites here for like a year, but it's even now just working on the podcast. It's like, sure, we can, you know, have folks on talk about their dirt world experience, but it's like, we can continue to find new ways to tell stories, to feature people who are not featured typically, um, you know, talk to people who are experts. It's like, we're able to do all those things. And I just want the variety. Right. I want to be able to work on all kinds of stuff and I want to do all kinds of things differently than I did the last time. And turns out like making all of those efforts towards something that like matters to the world is actually what like I, I felt like I was looking for and, and didn't understand. Yeah. And so now the podcast is just like a, the thing I do at BuildWit, but that like I, I feel like I get to actively work towards, you know, that that greater purpose. Right. Um, and so I definitely really, really relate with you when you talk about it. It's like you, you left Black Rifle because you saw even more of like that special higher purpose. Like I can be a part of this and I can do something in that. Um, and so I love, I love the way you talk about that. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We were, I really enjoyed it there. And we were making, you know, how do I put it? I think I was just so many degrees away from... Like it was a big company. Yeah. You know, there's 800 people there. There was only 450 people there when I started. I was only there for one year. So 800 people, we doubled in size in a year. Granted, we opened tons of brick and mortar coffee stores. So, you know, 
there's all that stuff. That's probably the majority of the employment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just so many degrees away from that real impactful, like I was running marketing projects, you know, but I wasn't, you know, the top 30 people that were out there handing out the big white checks, making a difference, you know, and look, there's nothing. I was still playing a role in that. Just like, it's kind of like the military, right? Like I'm such a small piece of the puzzle. Yeah. What was so awesome about BuildWit is like, it's also such an early stage, you know, that we're all in this together at a, in a very intimate state. And the nice part is, and I, I hope everyone here would agree, is that it feels like that will always be the case. No matter how big we get and how much we grow and how many employees we add, I think you'll feel like you're still only half a degree separation from the people that are out there doing the work, like out in the field. Yeah. And like, I don't ever feel like we're going to be so far removed that you could just go to another job or another job or people will come here and feel like it's just another job type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think what's interesting for me, you know, I was one of the first 10 people here. I've said that a lot. Sorry. You've heard me say that before. Anybody who's listening to this. Harrison just rolled his eyes. Yeah, he's heard that. Um, but what's so crazy to me, it's like when I came on, I had already worked at multiple companies of less than 10 people, okay. like agencies. So this, was, this wasn't this was just like another agency job. I mean, I was definitely mm-hmm. like floored by the larger mission and like the the goals. And I'm like, wow, that is way, way more than anything else I've been working towards. Yeah. Um, but it always, it felt really, really personal. You know, it's like Aaron was still like doing QA on websites at that point. You know, he still needed, he went through every website still. And I mean, that's, I guess that's not happening anymore. But so to me, it's like, man, BuildWit is huge. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have 90 people. But to newer folks, they're like, man, it's like, I, I, it still feels like this is really, really new and really, really exciting. And so even though I've been here for two years and we've grown so, 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 so much, the fact that new people get the feeling that like, I am so like, I am the choice, sorry, the choices that I'm making are affecting what we're doing out there. Right. In a real way. The fact that new people feel that way is really, really encouraging to me because I certainly felt that way when I started. And I, I, it's not a stretch to say like my influence and impact is larger now, but the fact that new people feel that exact same way is is really both encouraging and like exciting man to know that like i think you're right when you say i don't think that feeling is really going to change right i think what you said earlier too about like make the dirt world a better place right like that's so vague and what does that even mean and you said you know we we understand more what that means every day and more opportunity every day so i think that's to our advantage you know like we probably literally will never feel like we're just a little cog in the wheel because there is so many infinite ways that we can make the dirt world a better place. And I think we realize them every single day when we're talking yeah. in our meetings and stuff. Like first it's this training software. Next it's a new line of software. Next it's another thing. Like it's the possibilities are so endless that we will forever have a flow of people that come in here and feel like they're one of the first 10 employees, Yeah, you know, because they probably are in their line of business that we've, you know, that's been created over time. Yeah, it's we we definitely are in in a unique place where everybody we hire 
it's to take the thing we're doing to a new place. Right. It's never just, I just need more hands. Exactly. And I don't, I don't, I struggle to envision a scenario with us that ever seems that way because we're just going to do new things. Aaron and I talked today about how right now BuildWit is mostly a software company or is going to be mostly a software company in terms of, you know, our revenue and just what's kind of out there in the world. gonna be for a while mm-hmm. and then as long as he's running build it he's gonna be a ceo of something right and so i, I think it, it is it makes me feel really good to think and that when people come on they're gonna be able to like really influence the things that we're doing all the time yeah and I, every single new person i see is like well we hired them because we need this thing and they've got it. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what it looks like for us to just hire new hands, but we're not doing that. That, I, that's never been the case here. Right. Harrison, were you about to say something? Yeah, no, I don't mean to hijack, but no, hijack away. you're also trusted to do those things yeah. immediately. Right. Like that, that was crazy. I was like, we should just get an interface for the podcast. We should just do this. And both, I mean, you, and Aaron, don't know me. I've been here for two weeks. Sounds good. Right. <laughs> I mean, and how refreshing, you know. And that, but that comes from Aaron too. That This is part of the greater like vision. It's like, he's like, I need to prove to you that like we trust you before you're, before I can expect that you're going to trust me back. Right. You know, it's like the majority of people at BuildWit and basically now everybody who like it makes sense to at this point. Um, like has an has an Amex, a company Amex, right? And that's a big financial like tr- trust. You have you know you have to take a pretty f- significant step in in trust towards that. But it's because like this this company like trusts you to do the thing you're going to do. Like you're here because of the person you are, and then the fact you can do something that like brings a lot of value. Yeah, and you know I think we can certainly like attribute a lot of that to our people team who put in a lot of work on the front end to bring people to the table who are like, yeah, as a person, that person checks the boxes. Yeah. Cause like, that's, I think that's how we continue to keep the feeling that when you come on, you're both trusted to do big things and there's space to do those big things almost immediately is because we are really intentional about how we bring people to the table. Yeah. Amen. Buildway is so intentional period. Everything they do is so yeah. intentional, well said. you know, which yeah. is, I mean, where do you, where else do you go that's like that? It's super unique, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. Gosh, you just get so excited. Like every piece of your journey here thus far, 90 days for me, is so good every day, you know? Whether it's the onboarding, shout out Narisa and that yeah. whole team, like amazing job. And shout out to everyone along the way that you meet with. Everything, everyone is just so intentional with their time. They're so dedicated to the mission that there's no time wasted. There's no idle time just wondering what we should be doing. Like, we're all just pressing forward. Yeah. And, like, it's pretty unique. Like, you definitely can't just be a fly on the wall and just check your piece in the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Like, it's much different than that. And thank God for that, you know? Yeah. Super cool. Right on.
So what are you doing at BuildWit now? Like what's your role? Yeah. So right now I'm implementation manager. Mm -hmm. So the sales team, they'll close the deal for the BuildWit training software and then we got to get them set up technically. So we'll set them up on the software when it launches, right? Right now we're primarily focused on relationship building for one, you know, understanding who those internal champions are, who's the tech people, who's the HR people, building those relations so that we can effectively roll out and implement the software when it comes time. And then obviously when it launches, we'll get them set up before it Mm -hmm. it goes over to the success team. So we're spending a lot of time um, building process, understanding who our people are that we're working with and understanding how we can be most effective and helpful for them from the day it launches, you know? So every day we have more and more kickoff calls. It adds more and more color to what we're doing. And we just can better serve after every single one of those calls. You know, we learn something about ourselves. We learn something about the industry. Mm -hmm. So we're just really taking it all in and then taking what it's, what it shows us, building good process around it and moving the needle forward. And then, yeah. Are you getting much FaceTime with uh, customers right now? Like, are you able to go see anybody? face-to-face in person yeah not yet so i'm sure that that'll happen in time i mean once the software is out i'm sure that's a big part of that i think we'll do more at that time you know because you know what are we gonna how do we justify that right now um but yeah when it launches there will be some larger implementations that will make a lot of sense to you know be on site and and that goes a long way you know people miss that skin to skin you know like face-to-face stuff so i'll do most um Probably most of that then. All right now it's all online. So right we're on. meeting with people all over the country, all over the world. We're That's... meeting people with Canada. We met uh, with a client from Australia. I mean, Billboard Worldwide. It's no joke. It's happening, man. It's crazy. So you and Joe were the first two people Benjamin brought onto his team, right? Right. So you have you all hired some more since then? We have. Yeah, we had Alex. He joined a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. He's our support manager. Just the best person on earth, the right guy for the job. Mm-hmm. And then I just hired uh, Austin Duckworth. So he started on Monday, last Monday. So he'll be an implementation specialist and he'll be helping get those people set up. It's no uh, secret that we have a lot of people coming on. You know, I think we're at like almost 30. And by the time it launches, that could be double the size. So yeah. you know, we're trying to get ahead of that bottleneck and get people spun up quick. And so we brought Austin on and that's our gang right now. That's exciting, man. Yeah. I feel like the position that you guys are in as well as like Ashley and Skylar to a certain extent too on the on the marketing team, the sales team, you're in a weird pos- position where you're having to sell something that doesn't exist and then you're having to build a relationship based on something that somebody's going to get. It's like you're eventually going to get this. Right. Until then, how do we keep this like a relationship fresh and you know you feel cared for in this waiting period yeah um you know to you how do you feel like you are able to manage those relationships with these customers especially customers who like jumped in on day one yeah that's a great question honestly it all comes down to just transparency they know that there's no software right now they know they there's no instance that i can pull up and we can talk through they so they know that because the sales team su- does such a great job at communicating that and setting those expectations. We do just as good a job at you know solid, you know 
reiterating that and being super transparent on that there's no product, but where where is it coming and you know what's that timeline look like, so that there's never any smokes and mirrors, you know, and so that that builds that trust. They're mm-hmm. like, we get it. They and the people that we're working with are seriously the best people, and they understand. So if you just keep them in the know, keep them um, at keep adding value. The marketing team, for instance, is doing excellent at this. They're providing us with better content outlines the build with training trailer, things like that, that we can continue to add value during conversation with these customers. But honestly, it's just transparency. That's all they ask for. Yeah. They ask for trust, you know, they ask for just to keep them in the loop for lack of a better word, you know, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. As soon as we start telling them, oh, it's maybe going to be in a couple of weeks or we're just kind of like vague you don't and really gross, know. then that trust yeah. is gone. You know, they don't, they don't feel like we have their backs. So that's kind of the key what that we're doing right now is building those relationships through transparency. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about more about you personally. What do you Sweet. do when you're not working? Let's see. I do a lot of mountain biking. So I live in just the mecca of mountain biking. A pretty great place to mountain yeah. bike. Yeah. So I do a lot of that. Um, just that's kind of ho- my whole friend group is we're all mountain bikers. We grew up moto. Cool. And mountain biking. Uh, so I do a lot of that. And then I play a lot of disc golf. I really love disc golf, man. Yeah. Have you ever played? Oh, yeah. It's so fun. The Music City Open is this weekend. Really? So I think it's like the fourth stop on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here in Nashville. So I play a lot of that, and it's just so fun. It's so casual. You know, you can just go out with your buddies, throw some plastic, and, you know, have a good time. It's pretty pretty low-key. Yeah, and is that something you do by yourself, too? I will, yeah. Some some Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, maybe I'll go out or after work if I need to just burn some steam or something. Uh I don't think you burn steam, but you blow it. But you know, you do do things with steam. Yeah. yeah you yeah. ever just like mix two like sayings, and then you realize it right away, and you're like, "That sounded so stupid." <laughs> like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go. I'll go by myself. I'll throw some music on. You know, take my little Bluetooth speaker and just mob out. Nice. Which I'd have just as much fun doing that too. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a different thing. Yeah. I'm now thinking about mixed metaphors. The one I have caught myself saying a lot is, "I've there's a, I've got a lot of plates in the air." Right. Which I think I'm combining uh, balls in the air, like you're juggling, right. and spinning plates on like sticks. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if there's a metaphor for the plate stick thing. I'm not sure. Like I have a lot on my plate. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking of it. I feel like I'd heard some sort. Of, this is dumb. I think I feel like I've heard some sort of like turn of phrase that spinning spinning a lot of plates or something like that so i'm like yeah, yeah i got a lot of plates in here no. and i've said it multiple times and then i go back saying that doesn't mean anything all i can picture right now is miss congeniality like i'm pretty sure that happened in that movie <laughs> yeah just yeah she was spinning plates or like it's a very circus thing making the crystals sing on the glass or whatever <laughs> that's such a funny movie yep uh right on man dude i love that you're here in town i'm Getting so happy to be here folks i really am like I've worked remote for so long now. I mean, so long, but like way before COVID that I'm so used to it now, but man, I, I feed off of just being with people. And now like, these are my people, you know, Mm -hmm. you guys are family to me and like, I'm so stoked to be here. And so when I get to come in the office, everyone's so warm. They act like they've been your friend for decades and, uh, the culture here is just stupid good. So I'm happy to be here. Dude, I love to hear that. Yeah. I was talking to somebody this week or this weekend about, you know, remote work versus in the office all the time. Okay. And one of these guys runs a company here in town and he's very like, we, 
got to be in the office. Everybody's in the office. This is not a remote job unless you're like a salesperson who travels a lot. Right. And I, I kind of pushed back because like, yeah, but some things could be done from home sometimes. And he's just like, yeah, I think you miss out on all the culture. And so I, I, I get and I appreciate the culture piece of that because that's like so important. But I, yeah. it, what I have really found, and I mean, the people I work with, I think all really agree, is I, I want to be able to not be there at the office, but I also want to be able to be there, <laughs> you know, when yeah. it makes sense too. And so, you know, when I've like talked to either people who are going to come on or who are interested in the company, but like, should I apply? Whatever. They're just like, you know, do you have to like be in the office? I'm like, well, it's not, it's not really like that. It, it's, there's never a, well, if you're going to be here, you better be here at nine. And if you leave before four, somebody's going to know. Yeah. It's just like you, you show up for your people when it makes sense to be there and you don't when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like, that's fine. And to me, I feel like a lot of companies are going to struggle to like understand that like nuance of the being with or like having your people in the office or not. But like all that means for people like you and me and Harrison are you're getting FaceTime and getting to be with people. Yeah. When it makes sense. But also like you don't have to ruin your life just because, oh, I got to be in the office by now. My boss is going to give me a you know a mouthful. Right. Um, and it just opens it up. Like think of all the people that we have dispersed across the distribute across the country mm-hmm. now you know like i'm out in utah chels in utah like those people are all across the country yeah. like we would never be sitting here if there wasn't this option you know yeah. and this possibility and who knows i guess i've never thought about this but i'm thinking about it now is like who knows where build would go if you were just sourcing people from nashville alone mm-hmm. like who know like i wonder if you were able to like run that trajectory prediction you know like if you're that that's probably impossible like my brain is way too able to figure that out but Mm -hmm. like if there was no remote option like what would be the cap or maybe it's grows exponentially yeah like is there is there a ceiling for building the team only out of nashville right i think aaron has has put really good words to it where it's just like if we have always well one thing is we, we we do focus a little bit on like trying to build a team here in nashville totally but Never shutting the door on people who don't live in Nashville. It's right. like if we we want to bring in awesome people regardless of where they live. Totally. And so, you know, sometimes they do live in Nashville. <laughs> when it came to the podcast thing, it was like, well, I live in like the best city in America for audio engineers. So like, I don't, I'm not that worried about that. Right. But, you know, there are plenty of people who are not going to live in Nashville who are going to definitely be the right choice. And Aaron has said before, he's like, we don't want to, we don't want to miss out on those people. Definitely. And it's like we can always hire the best talent. We can always hire the smartest people who who get the, the build it thing because we're not confined, but we still have a, a like a headquarters and a home, which is pretty cool. Yeah. No, the feeling of having a place to go and a place for us to gather. I mean, July will be so awesome mm-hmm. to have everyone here, but just being able to fly in and know that there's going to be now there's however many folks here in Nashville, but just a bunch of really good, friendly folks that you can, you know, mesh with, build relationships with and just continue doing the work that we're trying to do together mm-hmm. is like really cool so i think we're we're full of people that are just so intentional with like figuring out who you are yeah. and who you you know how you operate and stuff that being remote just doesn't feel like that big a deal i feel like i'm building just as good of relationships have good just as good of conversation and just goes back to you know like you said being intentional well said yeah well garrett thank you for uh coming on the internal podcast my man thanks for having me harrison Dude. thanks for 
running whatever you do over there because I know it's way difficult <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to do it. And so shout out Harrison for sure. And thank you, Alex. Yeah, man, that's super fun. Uh, thanks y'all for listening. Build with crew. I uh, look forward to the next podcast with whoever ends up being on here. We sh- shall see. Ooh. But until then, for Garrett and Harrison, I'm Alex. Thanks, y'all. Later. Later. Thank you.